everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Pop and Vod Show, coming to you live from the Sweet Level here at One Oak Field. I am Jeremy Poplin, joined by that coach of the Tulsa Roughnecks, Dave Vaudrill. Uh, for the first time ever, we'll actually do the show under an eclipse, which is nice. uh, very, very historic, cool. historic yes, show, historic moment here on the Pop and Vod Show. We have show. this ar- archived digitally. Yes, we do. Okay. As a matter of fact, we could use that for the uh, the old resume tape. Well, it's been a while since we've met, and uh, there has been a ton that has happened since we've reconvened in this very room. And we've got to go a long ways back because the last time that we did a show was coming off of the Reno match. That was before St. Louis, before the Black Gold Derby, in which there's a reason why the wrench is setting here. And then obviously Orange County, as you guys get set to hit the road tomorrow as well for St. Louis. So, uh, wow. Let's just kind of encapsulate before we go back individually in games where you guys are at in the schedule now, how important not only those six points at home were, but then to have the quick turnaround after the celebration in beating Oklahoma City and having to play Orange County and open up their brand new stadium. So these last three games, I mean, pretty important to come away with the number of points that you did. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's not so much the history behind all the games. It's where are we in the table? What does it mean going forward? You know, how's our rhythm? How's our health? What's the momentum going into the next game or the next stretch of games? So uh, it was a very important stretch. Um, after losing, uh, sorry, tying on the road to the Galaxy, you know, thought we dropped points there. And then losing to Reno obviously was huge. Uh, set up huge to have the, the two home games against St. Louis and OKC and you know you really didn't know what to expect from St. Louis we had saw them in the uh, preseason and beat them in preseason but it's not the same team yeah. and uh, you know playing in the Eastern Conference it's hard to really judge how they were doing so you know in the end I felt like we lost two points that we shouldn't have left on the table I mean we totally dominated Orange County 19 to 6 in shots and you know, they had a couple of decent chances, but in general, you would have, would not have been surprised if he had scored uh, three or four goals in that game. So, you know, those two points are valuable points. We're, we're not just gunning to make the playoffs. We're gunning to get home games. And, uh, you know, we know when it comes down to it, every point's going to matter. As you see some of the highlights here from uh, Orange County, first of all, uh, how was the new setup that Orange County plays in in their new stadium? You know, uh, the, the field itself was great. That was the most important thing. Yeah. The stadium, it's a new county stadium. Mm-hmm. The county owns it, and who knows what their schedule is for financing. <laughs> There's only 2,500 seats in there. So it just was like a nice, cozy, little casual uh, stadium, but in a nice, uh, real nice field. So yeah. it was a big field. You know, maybe uh, we're a little tired of playing on such a big field, but we still dominated. We were good in possession. Uh, we created a ton of shots. We just didn't have the final effort. And, you know, after four games in ten in ten days, you expect us to have a lot of bad crosses and passes that come up short, and uh, and some of our shooting not to be perfect. But in the end, with 19, 20 shots and a bunch of crosses, uh, you, you got to feel like we're very hard done not coming out way with three points there. How was juggling the lineup coming off of you know a quick turnaround? You've got travel, um, you know. Brian Wright got the start. Jacory got the start as well with those guys. How difficult was it for you to kind of balance that uh, with, with the team that you're going to have? And I, we talked it directly after the Oklahoma City get match, and you were you were already in contact with trying to make sure that some of those guys could remain with the team on the trip to Orange County. Yeah, you know, physically, you know, the defenders really have to uh, suck it up. They, you know, the Mo and Bradley and uh, Jaime for three games, but Mo and Bradley played uh, four games in ten days, ninety minutes or plus for each game. So. 
that's really difficult. And, you know, you put the burden on your backs because you never want to change your back line. But we have been planning for it. You know, the players knew it. It's yeah. hard for the players that are here every day because it pushes them farther down the roster when the rotation, when we bring in three or four guys uh, on loan from MLS teams. But, you know, we're saving our legs for this week. We're saving our legs for we got another three-game uh, road trip in, in a week and a half. And you don't know if, you know, the loans are going to be available. So trying to manage the minutes, trying to keep people fresh. You know, we definitely did that. We, we, we what, two wins and a, and a, a tie out of that three-game stretch and uh, two games and a, and a loss and a tie in the four-game stretch. So you can't complain with that. It's a pretty good result. Uh, but, you know, it, none of that really means anything. We really just focus on getting three points in the road. And we, we go with a little bit more rest than St. Louis, so we go out there with our normal game plan to go out there and press them and play for three points. If at the end of the game it's tight, uh, you know, maybe we'd be a little bit more conservative on the road and uh, and sit back a little bit and, and try and hold on to the to the draw. But as of right now, unless something changes, we go all out and look to dominate the game. Let's go back to the St. Louis match that was right here at uh, 1-0 Field. They got this stretch started for the Roughnecks, in which was a 2-1 uh, win. You can see some of the highlights uh, from that match in St. Louis. And, uh, well, I mean, things got started early. I thought you guys had a, you know, a, a great start to the game, several opportunities early. You saw that one there from Tier Young. Uh, this was on the opposite end there, just uh, good defending there to be able to track that down and not allow that break. Um, and then... To have the two-goal lead and then to give one up late, it got a little tense for a few moments there, but I never really felt like, and it, it maybe just seemed like that to me on the broadcast, that I never really felt like that you guys were in a ton of danger except for that very last save there at the very end. And there's right. there's that goal that comes from Corrales that, yeah. I mean, just a vapor trail off the back of that thing. Yeah, it was a great strike. What we were looking for was to get an early goal and really, you know, we had good momentum and good possession play. You want to get rewarded for that and put us in the driver's seat. And, uh, you know, just a fantastic goal. And, you know, ironically, he had another 40-yard looper goal against St. Louis in preseason. So they've, they're coming to... Uh, not enjoy seeing number 13 push up <laughs> into the into the attacking third so but you know that's what you want you want to be rewarded for your good play you know Rivas there young get shots off right away I think Rivas was one of the games that he really came out and got a ton of shot got you know yeah. five six quality shots off and working hard on defense and you know we we demand a lot of these wings and even the number you know in this one when Christian's playing the number 10 we make him defend all over the field and you're demanding a lot of these guys on defense and they still, I tell them, you still got to be savvy enough and got to have the, the the drive to go out there and still be a force on offense. So, uh, you know, I thought we were rewarded with it, even though it was close at the end. Like you said, I thought we were in the driver's seat the whole time. Obviously, anything can happen, but yeah. uh, you know, I think it was a fair result for a game that we we definitely were the better team, and I thought we dominated. In, you know, large stretches of the game. Now, this is also the game that we had the Juan Pablo Caffa injury, and you had mentioned there Tier Young fitting into that ten. I thought for he, coming on in in that in that moment, I thought he played incredible in that spot, Coach. I thought he had yeah. a really good game. Uh, you know, that's that's the value that Christian brings. Is you know, he, I think if you asked him, he'd say he'd like to be the number nine, the striker. Yeah. And uh, but I've seen him play as a wing, as the number ten, as a striker. So. You know, 
we have to rotate these guys anyways between the, you know, we try not to rotate Kafa as much, but when you're playing so many games, they all have to be rotated. And to be able to put Christian onto any one of those positions, just, you know, the thing is, he gets shots off, mm -hmm. he gets behind, he's yeah. quick, he's always involved, and he, he is working, very, you know, it's, in that St. Louis game, I think he had four or five tackles. I mean, he stood yeah. out for me on the amount, as a number 10, the amount of work he did and the amount of pressure he does. And he's still learning the way we do the pressure, the system. And, you know, our guy's been doing it for six months, and he's been doing it for about three weeks now, you know, a little more than three weeks. Uh, but he just works hard, and he, he's quick. He closes the ball down, and he, and he makes tackles. So, you know, you look at all the boxes, and he checks them all off. So, I mean, it's just a question of, you know, when do I start rotating him and giving him an everyday and everyday slot? And he's definitely proving to uh, he, he's he's deserving of deserving of a look. And I thought that his uh, distribution held up quite well from from uh, what we saw him over the two home games. Yeah, you know, as I said before, this is someone that I talked to the Chicago Fire about when they were like, we might we might collaborate with you on a draft pick. Draft pick, who do you want? And at that point, it was Christian Theriung's the guy that I wanted to, and it didn't work out that way. They picked Brant Bronico, who. Ironically, is someone that's already integrated with yeah. our team and playing a lot of minutes with us, and then to get the chance to uh, sign Christian later on in the year, you know, I, we jumped all over it. So, uh, you know, you, you get that's the timing, the things you can't control that it turned out to be a big positive for us, and it just gives us another dimension going forward and being dangerous in front of the goal. Another individual that I'd like to point out that I thought had a, a great two two game run uh, was Jaime Ayala playing fullback, and uh, maybe by far the two best games that I've seen from Ayala, especially here at home at, at One Oak against St. Louis and against OKC. Yeah, you know he came in as right back is his preferred position, the one he's played the most over in Mexico in and. You know, Koske is uh, an, a unique individual, and he was. We, we built this team around him and uh, and the other defenders. And I had, from the beginning, been trying to force uh, Jaime into a defensive midfielder role with 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 different success. You know, but the good thing is, as soon as Koske comes down with the injury, he jumps right in there, and you can see that it was you know second second nature to him. He's a much more dynamic and more. His movement is very instinctive, and he plays more aggressive and uh, you know it's just important because he's gotten what three starts now mm -hmm. in a row played almost 90 yep. minutes the whole way probably 90 minutes the whole way and you know it just gives me another option you know if Kosuke's back I could rotate him into left back and give Corrales a rest, or he could he or Corrales could slip into the middle and give uh, two center backs a rest or Ogarte you know it's just good you you never know when the time's going to come, and if someone answers the call and steps up and does a great job, not only does it help you with that individual game, but it gives you more, more confidence going forward, knowing that hey, we can deal with anything that comes to us, and uh, you know, you, you got to keep the players involved. And to his credit, he jumped up and he's played two great games and I and three very solid games so I'm excited for him now that you've had the chance to see St. Louis since that's the matchup on Wednesday how much different are they compared to where they were in preseason I know a lot of new yeah, faces I, mean, I think it's different with the with the, just the faces you yeah. know I think in general they're still same type of team uh, want to possess the ball uh, but you know there's no one guy I mean Danny Jackson you get a look at his speed I think Valeski has proven that he's a goal scorer uh, you know, Jackson pulled up with a hamstring late in the first half. So, you know, I'm assuming that he's possibly not there. Here it is right there. You can see he already pulled up there. You know, it just takes one dimension away from him. Even if he does get the play, he's probably not going to be at 100% fitness. So I just think it's a good matchup for us. But we know that they're a smart team. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't score a ton of goals. They're not 
ultra dynamic like a Reno where you're like there's two guys who are you know leading goal scorers and both speed threats uh, but they're a veteran team uh, you know they're well coached they know how to manufacture that goal or two they you see they've scored a, in the last couple of games they scored a lot of goals in close off of a set piece uh, goals in the six yard box so still very dangerous uh, you know we don't expect there to be any lack of motivation on their part being at home in front of their fans so uh, you know, I, we, we had a big meeting yesterday and and basically said, guys, it's playoff time. We've got 10 games. Our goal is to get as many home games as possible. So to do that out of the next 10 games, you know, we're looking to realistically win seven or eight games and hopefully get a couple ties as the, you know, if we could be 7-0-3 or 8-0-2 or, or, or something close to that, that could get us into a third spot. And, uh, you know, really focusing in, really hammering down on how we train how they how they get ready <laughs> what they do off the field and i think everyone's starting to realize hey we've proven that we're a decent team now we've got to go out and really make a statement and and prove to everyone that we're a playoff team that deserves to go deep into the playoffs and and have a couple home games here because obviously there hasn't been anyone here that's really shown that we can't completely control and dominate the game here in our home stadium. Yeah, because everything's kind of right there for the taking right now, uh, especially there in the West with where you guys are situated at. And you've you've mentioned this before, but even though this is a lengthy road trip that's coming up or at least stretch of games without having back a home game, you have, have frequently said that you feel like that the schedule uh, kind of, you know, is in your favor even though they're on the road with teams that you like the matchup against. St. Louis is, an, is a prime example of that coming yeah. up on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, St. Louis is a good matchup. We've beaten them twice. I think the styles work well. You know, it's not someone that gives us, there's a big, there's not a bunch of big stars on the board to say we've really got to watch out for this guy. And tactically, you know, when you play Didier Drogba and Omar Bravo, you're like, there's a bunch of stars mm -hmm. on the board. Like, we got to do this, we got to take care of this. When you've got Hapano and Dane Kelly, yeah. Hey, you've got to really pay attention to these guys. And, you know, St. Louis, just a team that we have to go execute. We have to play on the turf, you know, which has been a big theme this week. We On the turf this morning, going through passing drills, and it's just like, hey, it's not going to get, it's not going to cut it. You can't just, you can't be casual because it's not as easy on the turf. You have to really force to keep the ball on the ground. You can't let it pop up on you. You can't make a bouncing ball into a ball to someone's chest. We saw in OKC, we got in trouble with that back pass and yeah. gifted them a goal because on the turf, it's too easy just to kick the ball back up in the air. And once it's up in the air, it's a 50-50 ball. And you know referees are not always going to call you call the foul when the guy comes and tries to plow you over and take the ball <laughs> in on a breakaway. It, you, you put the game into that, uh, you know, 50-50 zone where it's just a physical battle. We don't want it to be a physical battle. We want to we want it to be a skill battle. We want it to have control the ball on the ground, and we're dominating play. And but it's it's not easy. It's meant it's a really big mental game. Who who can keep the ball on the turf? Who can keep possession of it? Who can drive forward and and dictate the game to the other team? And if you turn it into a kick and run and a balls are at everyone's chest and it's very physical battle, then that that. I think it kind of evens out whatever advantage we would have against the St. Louis and OKC, and uh, we've proven that we're pretty good on turf. But it's always uh, it's always something you've got to emphasize. We really emphasize it every day in practice. When you do have an injury, I mean, there is opportunity for for players to step up. And you know, in, in my opinion, I feel like that you lose cough at the point that you did in St. Louis, knowing 
this stretch of games that you have coming up, and I don't know if you could ask for, you know, uh, we've talked about, you know, Theory Young coming in and, and playing the way that he did, and then in the Oklahoma City match, everyone kind of galvanized around each other at that point. And I think that's the good, the sign of a, of a good team, is even when you lose someone that's been so valuable to you offensively, one of the league leaders in, in chances created, to still see the way that you guys played, and it didn't change your dominant style that you've played for the majority of the season. Right, and it's not just the one player. I mean, obviously it's Christian, but it's also Jacory yeah. and Colin uh -huh. and Brant when he was in there, and and um, you know how good are they on the ball? Can they step up and dictate the tempo and still help us get through the midfield and still put dangerous balls into our top three or four guys? And you see on any given day, Jacory can handle the load, Colin can handle the load, Brant can do it. You know, mm -hmm. coming off the bench, you know, we rotate them. Sometimes they play 65, sometimes they play 35, sometimes they got to play 90 when you're playing so many games. But you see that we were pretty good in the midfield with or without Kaffa, and that's the key. You know, we went to yeah. Colorado Springs without Juan in the first half, and you can see we just didn't have the cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. yep. We didn't have the the we weren't deep enough in the season where the players were there and they know how to step up and they know how to control a game with or without one because you know we're we don't want to be so predictable that you put the ball in the one's feet and just everyone stands around and let them go we you know we're a very dynamic team we want to get seven eight nine guys involved in the attack at all times and you see even though we miss certain things from one we're able to replace it with other things so it's it's a huge huge thing and it's nice to know that uh you know with any injury we've pretty much proven that we can jump jump back and and insert guys and still still maintain possession and still be dangerous going forward and and still limit the amount of chances uh, on the back line so it goes to show you that the the depth is there and the players that aren't starting every day are they're they're tuned in and they're focused and they're when it's their turn they're stepping in and getting the job done we obviously have the wrench that is here on the table uh from the oklahoma city match as they've clinched the season series still one more game to go at taft coming up in uh, september but a, uh, a big win on Saturday night at One Oak against the Oklahoma City Energy. And um, what, in my opinion, is after going back and watching it, is one of the, the greatest hanging, curling balls I've ever seen on an assist that uh, Ian was able to finish, as we'll see some of the highlights here in a few moments. But chances created early and uh, often. And uh, I know that Oklahoma City was having a little bit of a uh, little bit of trouble there with uh, the offsides, but yeah, there's another chance that's created there. And I thought that Kalistri just ate their fullbacks lunch almost the entire first half, and it took him a while to be able to to uh, come to terms with what he had in front of him. But this ball here from Jacory and and Kalistri able, you know, falling away and still able to get the ball across the mouth of the goal uh, there towards the penalty spot. Uh, th that's just brilliant, and I got to give a lot of credit to Jacory because that was a perfectly timed ball played in over the top to uh, Kalistri. Yeah, well, you know, that's, in my mind, that's where we're at our most dangerous. When you win a ball just on our side of half, and we get out on the break and guys are running towards the goal. You know, you see their defense. They're in full retreat, yep. facing their goal, sprinting back, struggling to get marked up people, struggling to get a hold of the ball. And, uh, you know, you get Ian running in between two center backs, and there's just no one. There, there's too much going on in front to pick up the other two or three guys in the box. We get four or five guys in the box, and Rivas comes in and finishes it off. You know, that's when we're at our most dangerous. A little bit of speed getting behind, a little bit of technique, a good through ball, two or three guys sprinting in the box, and, uh, you know, it's difficult to defend against. There was the uh, foul that resulted in the uh, PK.
This was after Serta, by the way, had made the save of the week uh, on the header off of the corner, and Oklahoma City at that point makes things level in the 47th minute uh, and not to be outdone. This is this just amazing ball that uh, Ian, all the credit in the world for the hustle to get there to that ball and it is the timing of it, even from the angle that I'm at and calling the games coach. I mean, what a series of plays that that was to uh, take the lead and eventually the game winner. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, a, a fantastic ball. You know, we've been working with George. He gets behind down that flank so often. And we said, listen, you've got to change it up. It can't always be the one-time driven ball at the six that the, the first defender is playing zone there, and he cuts mm -hmm. that ball out. You've got you to gotta fake it. You've got to take your time. You've got to play some earlier balls. You've got to put them over their head to the back post. You know, just be more a little more sophisticated and pick guys out as opposed to just going full blazes and driving the ball across. And you see, that was the perfect example. Instead of, he had the space, he could have run yeah. farther in. He made an early ball, put it up there out of the goalkeeper's reach, and Ian, to his credit, you do what we tell, you know, what all good pros do, get to the backside, get behind the backside of the defender, attack the back post, and, uh, you know, a perfect ball and, a, and the perfect finish, textbook finish. Just play it back across the goal mouth. Lorendi's got to come and cover the near post. Mm -hmm. Has no chance to, to recover and get to the, get to the other post. And uh, just a great goal. And, you know, even though it was a little uh, just, you know, we don't expect any of these teams to lay down, right? The league is too competitive. Right. Professional soccer is too competitive. You know you're going to give up chances. You know you're going to give up goals. But a lot like the St. Louis game, uh, you know, you, there's ebb and tide to the game, but in general, you felt like it was another one of those games where I felt like it was our game. Yeah. You know, we're going to score a couple goals. We're going to defend well enough. And, uh, you know, I think two home games, two great results. And uh, I think I think in our mind, it, you know, we lost. We dominated Swope Park at their place and our place on possession and with a lot of chances and didn't come away with the win. And I think, uh, you know, we're a little more mature. We're, you know, we're a little bit more confident in ourselves. You know, it's not just the team. It's throughout the entire building. Yeah. You know, it's the supporters. It's you guys up mm -hmm. in the booth. It's our fans. It's our, uh, our front office. I think everyone's starting to realize, hey, this is a playoff team. We're going to go out there and play our style no matter how many games we played. We're always going to have a lot of the ball. We're going to be dynamic. Some days are not going to go in. You know, that Orange County game, we had 19 shots, and, uh, and we come away with just nothing. No, no goals. Right, but that's yeah. the way it happens. Yep. You know, you, you, we're just fortunate that we played really well on defense. We didn't get punished for not scoring the goal. Uh, obviously, I feel like you left two very valuable mm -hmm. points that we, we should have won on the table, but uh, we came out of it healthy. It was a great sw swing of uh, three or four games, and we're in great position to go to go play St. Louis and then go on the road. It's quite the uh, celebration as well from the roustabouts and the fans. Saw the uh, photos there of uh, the team carrying the the wrench over, and uh, being able to celebrate with them. And there's uh, La Union 918 also as well that uh, gets to share in the uh, festivities behind the goal and. Uh, I, you know, we we talked about how important it was for for a victory and to, and to clinch the wrench. And automatically, in my mind, I was I was thinking ahead to okay, they got a quick turnaround. And I even had to pause for a minute, you know, to allow myself to kind of settle into the, hey, they just they just beat Oklahoma City. You know, the wrench is going to call Tulsa home for a year. This is this is a very big win. So it even took me a few minutes to kind of well, settle that, into the fact that's that what I'm talking about. I think win. it was a big, more important win for everyone else outside of the yeah. team because in their minds, like, oh, we haven't beaten these guys in seven games and this, this, this. And I'm like, you know, I told them from the from December and January once we started signing guys, like, you know, I think OKC Energy is going to be a good matchup for us. You know, they're 
they're not number one on my list. Obviously, as we go on the season and you get involved in the culture and the mm -hmm. community here, you realize it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, and the players, I think they responded to. They realize that even though we feel like we're the better team, that nothing's a nothing's a gimme, nothing's a given. We knew they were coming to come out in the second half and fight. And they did. They took took a little bit of control of the game and scored the goal, and definitely made it into a match. But uh, you know, I think the whole organization from top to bottom and the community around that you know starting to realize that this team has something to play for, and we have more to do. And and uh, you know, I, I always say we're 11, 11, 8, and three, but we the, the goal is to be somewhere around seventeen, eighteen, and and. Uh, and uh, and eight and three mm -hmm. or four or whatever it is, you know, uh, our goal is to win seven or eight games out of the next ten. I think that's totally doable. We could do better than that. We could do, you know, give or take a loss or a tie here and there. But I think that puts us in third or fourth spot. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we let everyone else worry about what we're doing. I think we have no no doubt in my mind we could win eight games in the next stretch. Uh, stretch. And uh, we've seen everybody. So we're not gonna. They're not gonna be any surprise, especially for me as a coaching staff. Yeah. You know, the first time you go into altitude, or first time you go into Reno or Colorado Springs, the first time you go to Rail Salt Lake, you don't know what to expect. You know, and and it was big learning experience for the coaching staff and myself. Probably more important for me than for the players because now I know going into it, I have a better idea. What are the what are the? There's not as many uh, question marks. You know, I didn't know that Haber was such a good player, and I didn't know that. Uh, you know, it's not 6,000 feet at Colorado Springs at, at stadium level at 7,000 feet. I would have done things differently now. So now, you know, we go in with a lot more knowledge, a lot more confidence and, and belief. And, uh, you know, you hope that you've prepared well enough that when you step on the field, you know basically what's going to happen. You know, the, the, the details might change a little bit, but you think this is, this is how this game is going to go. And we have to be ready to adjust. We have to be ready for anything. But, uh, you know, now we're getting to the point, it's like, <clears throat> When you walk on the field, the, you can feel if the team has the has that, not arrogance, but that confidence that says, "Yeah, this game is going to go a certain way." We can't guarantee what the final score is going to be, but we know what's going. This, 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 and this is going to happen, and we're going to make them have to adjust to what we're doing. So, that's a good feeling to have. And uh, the, the number one thing is you got to understand that when you're talking about playoffs and and the playoffs, the stretch to the playoffs and the playoffs that. It's not just the skill. It's not walking on the field. It's not what's on paper. You have to go out and execute. And all the preparation and all the mental aspects of it and, and the executing of your game. Because it doesn't get any easier. You know, some games, the games are wide open and it's easy. Right. When you come to playoff games and people are fighting for a playoff spot, everyone's going to give you everything they can and try and take away whatever they're, they this can This is where the real grind begins. And so you've yeah. got to go out there and, and you've got to learn how to win games. So uh, I think we've done a good job of that. I think we're, we're in the right thing. But... You know, every game is another another test to go out there and see if you can uh, impose your will. Health-wise, not to try to give too much away, but uh, how would you sum up overall health at this point? Um, because I mean, you played a lot of games in a number of days. Do get a, have this finish off this a little bit of rest, which I'm sure was pretty beneficial to have what 11 days off in between this last uh, last couple of games. So uh, health-wise, where are you guys at? I think we're in great shape. Uh, I think we were always expecting that Juan was going to be available for the West Coast trip. Um, the initial initial target for Kosuke was for the Northwest trip. Uh, I doubt we'll force him into the game against St. Louis. If it was do or die, I'm sure he could play because, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the running part is not difficult, mm -hmm. but whacking a ball is going to be painful. It's just going to take time for it to that pain to go away. 
Uh, so there's no need to put him in into an uncomfortable position on Wednesday. So I expect that he's not going to play. But we expect them both to be fully ready to go for. They're both running. Uh, they haven't done any full training, but they're knocking balls around. They're in good good form running. So we expect by the West Coast trip they'll both be 100%. You had mentioned earlier that because it's actually a little bit tougher on, on the defense, especially those two guys in the middle with, with Jadama and Bourgeois, um, do you still expect them to go full 90 with that, or is there going to be a time where you think about maybe giving those guys a rest in too? General, in general, you know, the question is not so – like St. Louis game Wednesday, absolutely. Yeah. First game on the road, absolutely. Uh, we'll plan for the second and third game on the road to, to rotate guys if we have to. Yeah. And, the, and the, the good thing is you, you want to give the guys who might be stepping in there, maybe Ugarte mm -hmm. or Jonathan Levin or – you know, maybe uh, someone else, Jaime goes in the middle or George goes in the middle or, or whatever. So those type of guys right now, they're starting to target. I probably won't start against St. Louis, but I could very well start in one of the three games on the road. So, uh, you know, until you make the playoffs, you know, you think I got to keep my back line the same. I want to keep mm -hmm. Kaf on the field as much as possible. I got to keep, uh, you know, the core seven, eight, nine players on the field at all times. But, um, you know, Hopefully we get rewarded and we win the next, you know, handful of games and we put ourselves into a guaranteed playoff spot. And then you start thinking about, okay, well, now's the time Jadama needs to get the rest or now's the time that Kafa needs to get a, get a strategic half off or a game off and, and start targeting. Obviously, we're going to go hard all the way because we, as of now, we expect to be able to get to the third or fourth position. Um, but as we get closer along and you and that playoff picture focus a little better then you can make more concrete decisions but you know for now you know the defenders even if they're playing two or three games in a week you know they should we should still be able to manage it and we know that Ayala can play Paris can play in the back uh, Ugarte obviously was our you know was a starting guy who I'm sure won't have any problems stepping back into a starting role at any time so we're in good shape, but they, they obviously have to go through the repetitions expecting that they're going to play somewhere in the next four games. Any thoughts on the uh, opening of the premiership? How about Huddersfield, a little, little northern town there at the top <laughs> of the table with six points right now, and I was looking at their schedule, and they may stick around for a couple of weeks near the top. I don't know what the results will be at the end, but uh, nice to see a little, uh, a little town in uh, northern England come out on top with six points. When we have four games in ten days, and it's I'm tough. looking at video, you know, I watched Arsenal uh, Saturday. Mm -hmm. was Saturday or was it yesterday? I watched them lose to Stoke. Okay, yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a fan of a couple other teams, but I've been an Arsenal fan since you know since they were on TV here, and uh, obviously very disappointed. And uh, I'm pretty much on the <laughs> Arsene v Wenger out crowd. And you uh, bring up a sore subject. Yeah, but you know I didn't really have time. I went to Mexico for two days to do a little uh, advanced scouting work on players and stuff like that. So I was kind of trying to get up to speed with Liga MX, and obviously. Uh, you know, St. Louis is not as t intensive because we know them and we just mm -hmm. played them. So, but to tell you the truth, I've seen maybe two Premier League hey, games. you're a busy man. Two Premier League games, uh, a lot of highlights, and that's about it. I mean, well. I'm trying to keep track of Dallas and Chicago and see how their rosters are doing and how Jacory and uh, Colin, and, sorry, and uh, Brant and and those guys are doing. So it's a little too much video for one brain to handle. So. Maybe in the next week or two we can catch up and yeah. I'll have more, more to tell you. All I can tell you is I'm not <laughs> excited about Arsenal's prospects no. and I'm waiting to check out how uh, Man United and Spurs and uh, 
Chelsea and Man City are looking. Obviously, they've made major changes, and someone, two or three of those teams are probably going to be better, and and it's going to be another huge, you know, tight race of six, seven teams. So it's it'll be exciting, but not for me anytime soon. Okay, all right. I I knew you were a busy man. I just didn't know if you found time to to work many of that in or not. Uh, I unfortunately suffered through that Arsenal game. The yeah, other day. I, I, I should have picked a what? better. I should have picked a better game. I won't even bring up Arsenal the rest of the time that we do no, this show because I just have fine. this feeling that maybe you, things next, aren't necessarily going to get any better. Next show, I might be officially abandoning them. <laughs> you might. I have not abandoned. I have not abandoned the Redskins uh, since 1972 when uh, I was a Larry Brown fan, and they they've lost to the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, but. Arsenal is definitely on the chopping block. Okay, I right. could be. I'll take two or three weeks and just say, okay, I'm going to change my stripes, and I'm officially about had it. Well, we will not change our stripes here for the Roughnecks and for the Roughnecks fans as uh, you guys set to go on the road trip to St. Louis. Best of luck in St. Louis, Coach. Thank Come you. back with three more points, and congratulations on this stretch of uh, very just gorgeous play and also uh, being able to – I don't even know if I can pick this up with uh, one hand or not. It's but, heavier uh, than it looks. Making sure that this wrench stays right here in the city of Tulsa. Thank you again, Coach. Yeah, it's great. Safe travels. Thank you to those of you watching us as well, and uh, we'll check in with you next week here live from the Sweet Level at One Oak field for my partner dave audrell i'm jeremy poplin saying that have a good rest of your day and don't stare at the sun it's an eclipse for crying out loud it'll burn your eyes have a great week everybody